Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome to the Tube Labs podcast hosted at thetubeblog.com. Hey, if you have a question about your YouTube channel, you can actually call in. It's 646-397-6741, and I'm happy to talk about your channel. And I believe that would be a fun opportunity for us to all learn from your channel. Yes, I know there are limitations. We are working on an audio platform. However, I believe it's the lessons we learn along the way that are most important. And I can certainly describe what is going on, what needs to be fixed. And I think as you're doing what you're doing as you listen to this podcast, you'll get a little nugget here and there. And of course, I'm going to share what I learned and observed the key points and secrets that I gleaned from VidSummit. Did you go? Well, there were about 1,200, 1,500 people, um, many of them people who have YouTube channels of all sizes. And I want to share with you what I learned from VidSummit. There's a lot of amazing information that was shared, and some of it I already knew, but there's things that go on in between the seminars, in between the breakout rooms. There are conversations, and these conversations often produce a lot of knowledge that maybe directions or ideas that you had not thought of before, and that's why I wanted to go. I've been wanting to go to VidSummit for about two, three years now, and if certainly I wanted to meet some folks. Now, one person that was there, I, I went to their their breakout session. And honestly, it's somebody that I follow and someone I've kind of engaged with here and there. But I really didn't think I was going to get much out of the session. But I thought I'd go because it was the best option out of the three or four, from my opinion, from my perspective of what I wanted to to learn or at least at least have some more knowledge about. Again, I wasn't expecting much, but however, this person shared some coaching techniques and some new approaches that I, I may have heard. I mean, I've been in this business a long time. I've heard a lot of these tips and tricks through the years, but I saw it in action and the way it was presented really... I mean, in some ways, I feel like I put a tear in my eye, like, yes, this is what I need to do to stop what I have been doing that I've been trying to stop myself from doing for a long time. And of course, I will share that with you later in the podcast. But first, I really want to get into the other secrets, tips and tricks that I had learned from the people at VidSummit. One of the nice things about VidSummit is that, as Daryl Eves put it, it really is about colleagues getting together and sharing ideas. It's not a YouTube fan event. It's where people who use YouTube for business or to share ideas, educate, entertain, come together and they share what's working and maybe what's not working on their channels. And some people have a 100 subscribers, some have zero, some have many millions of subscribers. And I was quite impressed by the whole environment 
there were a number of big YouTubers who shared insight, and most of them, and rightly so, had one main theme. There's Casey Neistat and Peter McKinnon and Mr. Beast all shared their insight. And I want to share that with you right now, the key takeaway from each one of those presentations. Now, I know you can go to vidsummit.com and if you want to watch these presentations, I know they are for sale. Um, I am not a, an affiliate. I am not promoting this in a way outside of just, hey, if you actually want to see what was said at VidSummit, you don't necessarily have to go to Los Angeles. You can actually either watch it live or you can purchase the package afterwards to see the presentations. And they are actually, it's not a bad idea for those who went to VidSummit because you can only go to one of three or four presentations at a time. Now, the keynotes, everybody had the opportunity to see, but the breakout sessions... Well, those ones, there were three or four at a time, so you had to pick one. So Casey Neistat, I was actually thrilled to see him. Um, much of the event I had front row except for Casey, and I was kind of in the back, but the one key thing that I did get out of his presentation was the idea of intent, understanding intent. And that is a big word in social media, and understanding that word, you can take it many different directions, we'll talk about it in a moment. But most of what Casey was talking about during his presentation was his story. And many of us have heard his story before, but it is interesting to kind of look back and look back through his eyes. In fact, look, we all struggle at times and we all make mistakes and we have our wins and we have our losses along the way. And it's sometimes just nice to hear that story and to get some of the side notes of what was going on during Casey's rise to YouTube stardom. Now, his big word was intent, and you could use intent many different ways. You can certainly think about the intent that you have. Why? Why are you creating? Why are you on YouTube? You can also ask, why is your audience coming to you? And I think that's really important understanding the audience. And if I was going to give you a theme overall of why I was there and what a lot of people were saying, it really is about the audience. And I know if you're at the beginning of your YouTube journey, you're thinking, oh yeah, yeah, I get that. I understand it's the audience. Let me tell you something. It really takes a while sometimes to truly get what that means. Really understanding the audience. And I got to tell you, I am not fully there yet, and I've been doing this for at least consistently for three years, and I'm just now, as I mentioned, that one presentation was really helpful to be able to talk to my audience. I'm excited to share these ideas with you, but intent, understand that intent first, and then once you get the intent of where you are going with your channel, why you are sharing ideas or entertaining on your channel. And what is the intent of the audience? Especially, we use this a lot in search engine optimization. What is the intent of the searcher? What are they searching for? What answers do they want? And if people go into the YouTube search engine and their intent is to get a quick answer, 
Well, you don't want to create videos where the answer is 15 minutes in. You want to offer people a quick answer. If people want to be entertained, you want to offer the entertainment value and the type of entertainment value that they want. But the next thing is going to Peter McKinnon. And Peter McKinnon just shared story after story. Very entertaining. He is exactly the way you see him on the camera. And that, for me, was so so important because that's been one of my struggles. I feel like that I am not always necessarily the exact same person you see on camera. Now, maybe more so in the live streams, but I had a conversation, as many of you know, with Evan Carmichael maybe a year and a half ago, and he's like, man, the guy I'm talking to right now is not the person I'm seeing in the videos. Not that I was incompetent in what I was doing. It just wasn't maybe real or authentic in some way. And I've had trouble getting that. And I was hoping to find some answers when I was there. And Peter McKinnon is exactly that same person. And he kept telling story after story. And they're entertaining stories. And at the very end, he said, well, you know, I've been telling you all these stories, but that's the lesson. Stories. Stories are so important. And I've decided that I'm not going to make a video unless I have a story to go with it. Now, I if you have talked to me in person, you would probably almost call it a fault that I probably have a story for everything. <laughs> if you mention something, I probably have a story about it to the point of maybe, honestly, annoyance. I get it. My family lets me know that regularly. <laughs> and, and that's just the way it is. I, and, and a lot of people, especially people who've been in the media, who have had the opportunity to meet and see and experience so many things in life, it's that, that's why media is such an exciting place to be and work, you know, newspapers, magazines, TV, radio, wherever it may be, wherever you find yourself, the opportunity to meet so many great people. You always have a story somehow, you know, one, two degrees away from what that person is talking about. And having all these stories, I, I, I've shared some of them through the years, but I really haven't shared them at the level. And I have to become a better storyteller. And is this the first time I've said this out loud? Nope been saying it for three years. I've been saying that, me, for me personally, that I needed to be more authentic and real in the person that I really am in my videos, and I need to tell more stories. I know those things. And there are probably some things you know that you need to do better in your videos too. So you need to find the tips and tricks that'll help you along the way. Lastly, out of these three, was Mr. Beast, Jimmy Donaldson. And he took this stage. Daryl Eves shared some insight and data about how we, what numbers we need to be looking at in our analytics and how important that is. And uh, Jimmy, he echoed that fact, but he really, it comes down to, for him, first of all, titles, thumbnail, and of course, the topic. We've certainly have talked about that a lot, but he just said, look, that's it. But I, he's like, I think a lot of times, he, he said that, I think a lot of times we don't put enough into the actual topic, meaning really thinking about, will this resonate with people? 
And not only that, do we put enough time into our thumbnails? He doesn't just create a thumbnail after his video is done and said, that's it. No, he he takes as much time to thumbnail and sometimes can be as much of the process as the actual video creation. He creates multiple thumbnails and he shares it with his community. He has some people that he talks with and he shows them the thumbnails. Which one of these nine or 12 thumbnails do you think would be best and get some ideas and then you know, I know people who actually then go out and test the thumbnails separately before they actually upload the video. Thumbnails are so important. That title is so important, but you have to remember, you could have a great thumbnail, a great title. However, if nobody is interested in the topic, you're still going to have trouble finding viewers. The opportunity to say hello in person to, say, Roberto Blake, to be able to sit down and chat with Brian G. Johnson and other folks that we have had on this show, such as Daniel Patel, chatting with Nick and Dee Nimmin, the ability to just hang out with some really cool people, talking to the people at TubeBuddy, at vidIQ, and our friend Nico at Morning Fame. Just having conversations, talking a little coding with Nico. That was fun. Those are opportunities that you don't really have when we're just talking through video, whether you're watching their video or even when we're doing the podcast and we use Zoom to communicate. That opportunity was huge. Now, I told you last time that I probably would do some interviews, but I, I sat back and I thought, you know, yes, there was some opportunity to do interviews, they had setups for interviews and so forth, but I decided that, you know, I was better just to have casual conversation with folks and maybe have the opportunity to set up a few interviews down the road, and I have. Of course, I don't think it would be fair to announce names before the actual interviews happened, but we have some really good people coming your way, as I promised, However, for now, if you've not had the opportunity to hear the other guests that I've had on the podcast, I recommend that you go back and go through the archive and listen to the folks we've had. The last one was Jeremy Vest, and I actually had the opportunity to see him and say hello. He was very kind, very gracious, and he also had a presentation, and he talked about thumbnails. And there were some really interesting information. There's interesting information that he and Rob from vidIQ shared. They talked about statistics as it relates to thumbnails. One of the ideas that I thought was fascinating is that titles didn't seem to make any difference. In other words, the length, the number of characters, 20 characters in a title or longer, really made no difference. Faces. And this is something we've talked about before, and I believe he even talked about it on the show a few weeks ago, is that faces do matter. Having a face will double the amount of views. And two faces in a thumbnail is better than one, but then it goes down a little bit as you get into three, four, and more. So two faces is optimal if there is a reason to have two faces in your thumbnail. If you don't, make sure you have a good thumbnail with a face. And I'm starting to rethink my thumbnails. I kind of put mine together with a fake kind of background, a designed background, and I'm starting to think that maybe, based on what I had seen through a number of presentations, that I'll just start creating photographs again and build off of that. 
and test it. Remember, this is Tube Labs. We're testing ideas because I'm like you. I'm trying to grow my channels. And as we know, and as I think that, well, you know, honestly, just talking with people, look, people with 100 subscribers, 1,000 subscribers, many thousand subscribers, in most cases, even people with millions of subscribers deal with many of the same things. Now, people with hundreds of thousands or millions of subscribers, quite often their problems are compounded in many ways than those who have a smaller number of subscribers. But the thing is we all have our insecurities, things go wrong, we have to fix situations when we realize we're going the wrong direction with our channel and being able to recognize how to fix what is going wrong with our channel. Imagine, imagine you had five million subscribers and then all of a sudden, everything was going south. Think of the pressure. I know you have self, self pressure that you have that causes stress to get to a hundred or a thousand or a few thousand subscribers. But imagine being there and having many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and then things going south. Maybe you had given up a lot more because you felt that it was going to take you in the right direction and you gave up a job because you thought YouTube was going to be it. So there are many different stresses and many times we all have very similar stresses trying to figure out what should our next video be? What should our next topic be? The headline and thumbnail. Something else that became clear to me during Vid Summit was the fact that your channel matters. Yes, your channel matters. Whether you have 10 subscribers, 100, 1,000, 10,000 and more, you matter and your channel matters to people. You have to remember, you have subscribers, but you have many more viewers. So a lot of people very well have may have seen your work, but may not be subscribers. You may have 500 subscribers, but 10,000 people have seen your videos. And I think that's so important because a lot of times we don't realize that we matter to other people and to not take for granted the number of people who are actually engaging in your videos, appreciating your videos, but may not be subscriber. Maybe they just keep finding your work in search. Maybe YouTube keeps suggesting your videos and they keep watching, but again, yet they're not subscribers. So keep a good eye on your total view count. That is what you want to focus on. You want, yes, subscribers are the number that everybody sees. It's a vanity metric and everybody says it doesn't matter. There, there is some validity to that, but I, it does matter at some level. Because believe me, at VidSummit, there's a sense of hierarchy there. It's really the only way to go about it because there are people who have a million subscribers and people who have 100,000 subscribers and that 100,000 subscriber channel may have many, many more views, which of course in the overall scheme of things is better. However, the hierarchy kind of goes, you know, gold, gold play button and silver play button and so forth. And look, that's just natural. And you need to just let that YouTube world hierarchy thing just roll off your back and just be who you are because you have value to your audience. And that's what I discovered. 
Look, I am a small YouTuber, like you trying to grow the channel. And as I always say to everyone, there's no end game here. There's no point at which it stops. Even PewDiePie, who hit 100 million subscribers, is continuing to grow and build his channel. And people with 100 wish they had 1,000. Those who have 1,000 wish they had 10,000 and so forth to the silver play button, gold play button, and, and on and on. There's no end game. So enjoy the ride and understand that you're connecting with people. And there were people at VidSummit that came up to me and said that they enjoyed my videos. But you have to remember, it's a bigger world. Remember, maybe maybe you're doing more than just YouTube. Maybe you have a following on Instagram too, or maybe you have a blog. And there were people there who may not have known my videos, but when I said, hello, my name is Rosh, oh, Sillers, they knew my name. Maybe they knew the podcast. So if you're active, in social in general, there are people. And here's the thing. There are probably more people out there than you realize who actually enjoy what you have to say, what you are offering in the various social medias. And that includes YouTube, whether you have 100 subscribers or 100,000. And I really do appreciate those of you who came up to me and said you enjoyed the podcast, that you're listening to the podcast, because it does keep me going. It's a pretty young podcast, especially compared to my others, which, well, my other one's 12 years old. This one is months old. So to know that people are listening and that I can provide value to the YouTube community, even though, again, I'm not a huge YouTuber, but I do have experience that can be applied to the YouTube community, and that's what I share. Then, of course, there are people who are doing a bang-up job and have some excellent information. And, of course, we share their insight as a guest every couple of weeks. Now, here's a little insight that, again, I got from Jeremy and Rob's vidIQ presentation. And that is black, gray, and white have been very strong as thumbnails. You think it's all about the color. But believe it or not, the backgrounds of black, gray, and white have been very strong in supporting the click-through rates. And the theme was very strong in most, not all presentations, but most presentations that no text on your thumbnail is the best way to go. Let the thumbnail tell the story. In other presentations, people were talking about the clusters, the clusters that your channel is involved with. This can help you grow your channel by understanding which clusters that YouTube assigns you to. And you say, what cluster? Well, if you go to your suggested videos, take a look and see where your viewers are coming from in suggested videos. And those are the clusters that you are part of in YouTube's view, in the AI's view. And so go in there and take a look and see if there are some consistencies. Take a look and see if there's one channel, two channels that you're regularly getting views from. Well, maybe you can kind of keep an eye on what are the biggest topics from that cluster or that channel, those other channels that are sending, even if it's just a few views your way. Now, many of your 
video views from suggested will actually come from your own videos, which is which is fine. That means people are watching multiple of your videos. In other words, people are enjoying multiple. They saw they saw one video and YouTube suggested another one of your videos. That's a great thing. And they did click on that thumbnail and they did watch another video. That is good and that's a good sign. But in some cases, YouTube shows other people's videos and they click on those and they go off your channel. But sometimes people click on a your video from another channel because YouTube says it's related. Maybe the topic is related, but if, again, if you see a channel where you're getting a reasonable amount of traffic or just any traffic, then take a look at those channels because there may be some other videos that you could create that would help you secure that cluster. And if you do that well, YouTube will show more of your videos on that channel. And that that channel may actually have some of their more of their videos on your channel, but there are always going to be other videos on your channel from other creators. And so as long as that cluster is there and you can develop that loop and understand the opinion of the YouTube AI of where you fit in the scheme of things, the more you can play into that, the better off you'll be. So take a look, see where are your video views coming from when it comes from suggested. Dig deep and understand why YouTube suggested your video on that channel. And again, it's quite often an opportunity to do some research for more video ideas. What does Roberto Blake want you to know? It's a combination of passion with purpose. I think it's true among most of the people who presented, they really wanted everyone to understand that your job is to make people stop scrolling with a great idea, with an excellent headline and thumbnail. I've said it already and I'll say it again. You have to understand how to find good topics, research good topics, get creative, use the combination code, combining different ideas to come up with something new, test titles and thumbnails to stop people scrolling beyond your video. Now to the presentation that I think helped me the most in terms of what it is that I think that I needed, that I'm looking forward to implementing, that I'm going to share with you. Now, I am a big fanboy of Matt Gillen, and he was there, and I got to say hello a couple times, and that was awesome. I got to hear hear Daryl speak in person, and that was awesome. You know, shake his hand, say hello, busy guy, move on. You know, that, that, that was awesome to see these folks. But Selma Jaffrey, Selma Jaffrey, who flew in from Pakistan. She's been on the TubeBuddy podcast or or live stream. You know, again, I didn't think I was going to get a lot out of her presentation. It was about branding. And, you know, I, again, I, I just had a preconceived notion, but she got into some of her training and what she does and how she goes about it and what's worked for her to grow her channel. And one of, one of the things she does is put together a plan. And she has that available. You can download it. I didn't download it because I pretty much know all of the elements. And I, I've decided that I have to have all of these elements before I start to make my video. In other words, I often have the good intention, 
of understanding which will be the next video people should see, but I may not tell them. I have the intention of telling a good story in every video, but I have no story planned, so no story is told. And I, I think about all the things that I need to do in a video, having a good hook, understanding the importance of that first minute, that first few seconds, and having hooks to keep people in the video, something we've talked about on this podcast quite a bit, but understanding that I need to write that stuff down ahead of time. I do my videos with bullet points. I don't write out scripts, but having all of the main elements in that and then reviewing what worked and what did not work at a higher level, that is important. So I created my own sheet, and maybe that's to my detriment. Maybe I should be downloading Selma's, but I, I think I have a good idea of what I need to do. So I did that. I'm going to start with that, and if it works out well, maybe I'll share it with you down the road. But I want to prove it first. I want to test it. It's tube labs. We're testing ideas all the time. But here's the tip that literally brought a tear to my eye. Now, that may sound kind of funny, but it's like, yes, this is what I need to be doing so I stop yelling at the camera. I've always felt that I yell at the camera. I turn the camera on and I start yelling at it. Now, I have some videos that are a little more relaxed and my live streams I think were a little more relaxed, but for the most part, I think out of the thousand plus videos that I've uploaded, I'm just yelling at the camera and not talking in a way that is a, a way in which you can connect, have that authentic approach. And what Selma suggested, and she showed an example of this with one of her coaching clients, was we know about personas, right? We've talked about personas. I talk about personas all the time, knowing who your audience is. And I've even suggested give them a name. And I don't think I've given them a name, but I have now. Because there is a big difference between starting to talk to the camera and then saying a name and engaging with that name. So if I said, Joe, I think you need to understand how to use Facebook better. It's a conversational way of going about it versus me saying, hey, you need to know how to use Facebook better. This is the tip and trick for your, you know, you know what I mean? There's a big difference between having the conversation and the way I would talk to somebody in person. So actually interjecting the name Joe, and that's not the name I've, I'm using. I'm actually, I'm, I have a few names and I'm kind of, I'm actually using real people and combinations of real people that I've had conversations with. I'm going to pick one of those names and then say, you know, whatever that name is, we'll still use Joe here, but, you know, start off the conversation with Joe. Now I'll cut off Joe in the video. And then if I have other portions of the video where I have to just keep that, if I catch myself just starting to yell at the camera, I'll say, but you know, Joe, and, and then I can just have that conversation in a way that may be authentic to the person on the other side of the camera watching the video. I think that's going to help. That really seemed like a, a good idea. It puts a big pause on my bad habit of just yelling into the camera. I've not created any new videos in a couple weeks because again, I wanted to go to VidSummit 
and just absorb and learn and be a blank slate. And that's what I told a few people. I'm just here to be a blank slate. I don't know anything. I just want to absorb and learn. And uh, maybe I'll discover the ideas that I need to really listen to. So Salma, thank you so much for that information, among other things that she shared that she does with her clients. Uh, Roberto had standing room only, and he had some great information that I, I thought was wonderful. Uh, Brian G. Johnson had a great presentation. Nick Nimmin and D. Nimmin had great presentations that I had the opportunity to see. And hey, congratulations to Brian G. Johnson. He hit 100,000 during Vid Summit. And so that was a big, cool thing to be there for at that moment for him. Next week, I'll have a guest. Who is it? I have no idea because I haven't booked them yet, but I have a list of names and we'll see who responds and who is going to be on the show next week. But for sure, if you haven't already, please take a moment and leave a review for this podcast. Again, we're pretty new. This is the 20th podcast, still pretty new in podcast world. So leave a review over at iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts because it really does help get the word out there. Hey, I look forward to hearing your voice right here on the Tube Labs podcast with your questions. So make sure you call in on the call-in line and I'll talk to you next week. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubeblog.com. <laughs>